Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Triple T, the Tinseltown O. Tea. Yes. <laughs> that fucked me up because it's T and T. Anyways, anyways, y'all. Yes. How y'all doing? Y'all yes. doing good? Y'all can't answer me, but I hope yes. y'all doing good. Cause... I know y'all are blessed and highly yes. favored. Highly yes. favored. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're allowed. Okay, sir. Um, Mr. All G. All of that. All of that. And the universe. Yeah. So, yeah. Another episode of mm-hmm. Loveliness. We have a great one and very informative one for okay. you guys. So, stay tuned. Mm-hmm. We're going to start off with our Would You Rather as usual. And this one's a little, um, uh, it's a little dark. Yeah. I don't know why I picked this. I must have been going through some shit last week. <laughs> it's okay. Um. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's get into it. Would you rather know how you will die or when you will die? Yeah. Very thought-provoking. Woo. Um... I don't want to know when. Hmm. Yeah, because I feel like I would be like, I would live my life to the date. You know what I mean? Like, I would um. literally plan, like, okay, instead of just naturally just living, if whatever happens, happens, live my life. Like, mm. you know what I mean? Uh, but it, depending on the circumstance, mm. it could be the same way. So I think I would rather know how instead of when. Okay. Um. Yeah. I think I think that, but if it's, I mean, it would suck depending on how. Like you know, it's like ah, you just got you're gonna get hit by a bus. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> well, I'm never gonna, <laughs> I ain't never go near buses again. So that could cause a new trauma yeah. or whatever. But like, when would be like? I feel like the date would be too much to like, dang, to plan towards. But that's just me. Because I know I would just be like, oh, this date? Okay. So I'm not doing shit. I'm not planning to pay off my loans. I'm not going to, I don't have time for that shit. Or mm. I'll be like, okay, I got to get everything done by this date. You know, mm. it'll be, it'll be too much. Dang. See, I'm yeah. opposite. Yeah. I'm like, tell me when so yeah. I can know how much fun I can have <laughs> yeah, before then. True. Yeah, you can plan I'm it like, out. Since I know, I'm like, well, bitch, I'm finna die in a week. All right, we cool. <laughs> Bye to this That's job. True. I'm not doing whatever the fuck I want. Like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like I would want to win. Okay. So I know, like, how much time I got to just yeah. fucking vibe out. Yeah. Because then it also adds, like, less stress. Because when you're like, okay, mm, bitch, you about true. to die in, like, Five years, so I'm like the shit that I'm worried about now is not gonna matter. Not gonna matter. I'm about to die in five years. That's so. the way of thinking of it. it. It will take a lot of anxiety off my plate. I think. Yeah. And it'll put things into perspective. Like this shit actually doesn't matter. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's, I, I mean, well, no, we shouldn't be living like. <laughs> I was like, should we be living like that? Like, you know, like oh, this doesn't matter. Like, yeah, we all gonna die anyway. So people who fun. live like that, they're they always have people who, like, basically take care of them. Yeah. That's you true. think about it. You have you always have that irresponsible friend, but it's like they have somebody who like always takes care of them. Yeah, that's true. So they never really have to worry about that shit. But anyways, I yeah. digress. Yeah. So yeah. That's true. Judah says how I say when. Either way, we ain't talking about death no more after this. No more. <laughs> it's all good. Because we right. too busy living. Yeah. We are. Yeah. We're blessed and highly favored. Amen. In this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Lord, Jesus, get me. Yes, Mm-mm. it's okay. The Lord knows. I, he knows, he knows I'm cussing all the time. <laughs> he knows my heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's always the same. He knows my heart. Awesome. Well, with that, we're going to go to our No Better Do Better. Um, and like Corey said, this episode is going to be very, very informative. Yes. So I'm going to start off um, with an informative, excuse me, No Better Do Better, which is sit with structure. Now, mm. structure meaning um, if you're writing a novel, if you're writing a play, if you're writing a script. Uh, me and Corey are into script writing specifically for television. So mm-hmm. understanding structure, how to frame your story, yep. and understanding the rules before you break them, right? Yep. And this episode, we'll be going into a particular structure. There's many structures, but we're going to go into one that's pretty, like, common and we'll get to that in the main thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found a website called uh, thenovelsmithy.com oh. um, and it goes through structure very well. Um, it was put together by a writer. His name is Louis Jorstand. And while mm-hmm. it's focused on novels, it also, if you go to the website, 
um, gives you resources, books to read, but also I found a breakdown of a particular structure that is used not only in novels, but also in screenwriting. So he helps like give examples of famous movies that you can break down the structure to so you kind of understand how the story is formulated. Now there's many, there's many websites about this, but this is the one I came across. So Mm. check it out. And I'll be using one of his resources to kind of reference back and forth for the main segment. But yes, even though it like for me it feels like homework a lot of time, it's important for us to understand structure. Yes. So we know how to frame our stories and we know how to break those those um structures, right? Like these are structures used throughout history. But again, we're all like learning and doing new innovative things. Mm -hmm. So there's a way to in in order to break the structure, you gotta know what it is first and understand how the storytelling is. So yeah, so mm. no better, do better. Sit with structure. Don't be afraid. Understand it. And then, you know, you can do your own storytelling methods and break the structure and do the different ways that you want to do it through your creative lens. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's my no better, do better. Yes, perfect no better, do better. Mm-hmm. All right, so mine is um, very basic advice, but it's still important advice. Mm-hmm. Your characters should never say what they really feel. Mm-hmm. So you really need to utilize subtext Mm. in your writing so subtext is when you're saying something but you mean something else or you're saying something but it's not exactly how you feel right to the t Mm -hmm. so if your characters are like saying exactly what they feel that's what we call exposition and we don't want that so everything just basically (laughs) if it's being said it should not be what is actually in the character's head. Right. So um, that, for me, was kind of hard to grasp at first because I'm like, I want them to say how they feel because that's how I talk. Like, I say what I feel, but this is TV (laughs) and this is movies. So Mm -hmm. um, shit just doesn't work like that. So, yeah, very basic advice, but I think it's important in terms of writing your dialogue. Um, Yeah, do not have your characters. If your characters should not be saying, like, I'm sad, like, no, Mm-mm. they should definitely not be saying that. Like, right. They could say like, mm, or just, I don't know, they could say something like, yeah. oh, did you see the news today? Or, and, you know, have like a very sad look on their face or yeah. just something like say it with their actions. Mm-hmm. You know, show don't tell, which is another thing that I said yeah. in another episode. But yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. If we look at our, our life, you know, a lot of times, our, like, I, example, like, a lot of times, like, my parents, you know, when they're sad at what we do, right? It's just like mm-hmm. when they say I'm disappointed, like, that shit hits hard. Like, damn, you're not even mad at me? You disappointed in my, like, God dang. Like, some people, damn. it means nothing. But, like, for a lot of people, that's heavy in itself. Because mm. you're saying, like, you're not saying what you really want to say, which is, like, yeah. I'm mad at you. I'm aggravated. Mm. But to be disappointed? Mm. Whew. Or even, like, the way a parent or someone says, mm-hmm. Ooh. Right? Like, that little, whoop, the way that's like, okay. Never mind. Okay. That means I'm about to get my ass to look. All the way whooped. So, it's <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, yeah. All just, the different ways. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, play with that with different scenarios and, mm-hmm. and stuff. Subtext is, like, super important, and it's always good to remind yes. us because that dialogue be sounding too monologue at times. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, guys. Child. So, yes. Mm-hmm. What do we say? Yeah, characters should never say what they really feel and mm-hmm. sit with your structure. That's right. And that's your no better, do betters for the day. We'll be back. <laughs> we'll be back. All right, y'all. So we are back with our news segment that we always do. Every episode is ain't nothing new. So don't be acting brand new. Um, we're going to start with um, some Oscars little news mm-hmm. as you guys know the oscars was uh well last night when we recorded this recording today it was last night and actually i think it hit like an all-time ratings low mm-hmm. just to say that out loud um because i always had a little beef with the oscars but mm-hmm. yeah that's not cool but mm-hmm. anyways parasite won best picture Congrats. it's the first foreign language film to ever win the award which is a big deal Very big deal that's crazy um so it was a darkly comedic thriller Mm -hmm. the first south korean film to ever be nominated for an oscar and then it won big ups so that's exciting Mm -hmm. um we love to see representation and we love to see our peoples of color winning that's right so hey shout out to them just some other winners for the night oh so it won best picture best international feature and then the director bong joon hoo 
won Best mm-hmm. Director, and then Bong and Han Jin won Best Original Screenplay. That's right. So shout out to them. Congrats. Y'all did that motherfucking thing. That's amazing. Um, If y'all have seen it, let us know how it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm probably going to give it a little yeah, a little watch because it. Mm-hmm. it sounds cool. <clears throat> um, So Renee Zellweger won Best Actress for Judy. Haven't heard from her in a while. That's cool, though. Mm-hmm. She won. Have you heard of that, Judy? I've heard of it. It's about uh, Judy Garland's life. So she's playing. She played Judy Garland. Yeah. Okay. Apparently she did well, maybe. Yeah, she must have did I well. haven't seen it, but yeah. I don't think of her when I think of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix wins Best Actor for Joker. Not mm-hmm. a surprise there. Mm-mm. The gals love that one. Her it was good, too. Mm-hmm. Brad Pitt wins Best Supporting Actor for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Not a surprise, but yeah. Yeah, not a surprise. He's still fine anyway, so whatever. Mm-hmm. Laura Dern wins Best Supporting Actress for Marriage Story. Mm-hmm. That was on um, Netflix. Yes, I think we talked about that. I didn't, still haven't seen it. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Toy Story <laughs> 4 wins Best Animated Feature Film. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yep. Um. Ooh, Matthew Cherry wins Best Animated Short Film for Hair Love. Ew. 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 We're going to talk about that Ew. next. Ew. But uh, we're so excited about mm-hmm. that. And uh, Barack Obama and Michelle produced American Factory wins Best Documentary Feature. That's right. Give them their Oscar. Wow. That's the so least So shout can do. out to them. Mm-hmm. Congrats to Parasite yeah. for Breaker making history last night. That's yep. fucking dope. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. We're excited. More movies, more shows, all of it. All of it. Mm-hmm. So next is we're going to talk about Hair Love. Ow, 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 we've ow. gushed about this damn um, short film so many damn times. So cute. Like we fuck with this shit so hard. Love it mm-hmm. so much. It won short film or short animated film. Um, following Kobe Bryant's win for um, Dear Basketball. That's right. Rest in peace. Rest in peace to the late and great Mm -hmm. Kobe Bryant. So we are so happy for Hair Love and for Matthew Cherry. Like, I mean, I'm very happy for him like yeah. i feel so proud yeah and he won that shit okay like, such it's, it's such an important short film y'all yes. like More it's to crazy come. to see um us getting our deuce mm-hmm. finally damn. yeah all right so look at us people's of color sweeping mm-hmm. the oscars for once mm-hmm. they're giving us something shit. a little bit a little bit mm-hmm. all right moving on from the oscars we mm-hmm. have um Amazon acquires, and this is from Shadow and Act, acquires a Tessa Thompson period drama, Sylvie's Love. Mm. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Um, So it's picked up the worldwide rights to this uh, thing. The deal is said to be a high seven-figure range. Damn. Got that. All right. Mm. So it also stars Aja Naomi King, which I believe is from How to Get Away with Murder. Yes. Okay. Ryan Michelle Bath, who is an actress as well. She's also married to Sterling K. Brown. Shout out to them. Cute ass motherfucking couple. Black love. Love, back love. Tone Bell. I've heard the name. Mm-hmm. Can't place where he's from. Mm-hmm. Eva Longoria Baston. Okay. We all know her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Renee John Page. Wendy McClendon Covey. Jamie McCurk. MC Light. Oh, come on. Come you on. Better, girl. Um, and then some other really cool people. Ashe is the writer. Who is Ashe? I don't know. Great name. Eugene Ashe. He's a writer. Okay. And director. Nice. And uh, we're going to have some cool people's producing the film. So just go through the log line. Years after their summer romance comes to an end, an aspiring television producer and a talented musician cross paths only to find their feelings for each other never changed. With their careers taking them in different directions, they must choose what matters the most. So, yeah, that sounds very uh, romantic. Um. Okay. Yep. <laughs> it, 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 and yeah. Yes. It sounds <laughs> very romantic. Mm-hmm. Probably gonna watch it. Probably gonna cry my little eyes out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But we are excited. I love Tessa Thompson and anything yeah. that she does, and I will stand. Absolutely. Because it's on Amazon. I have Amazon Prime. Yes. Going to watch it. Support. Yeah. Yes. So mm-hmm. next we have Russell Simmons accusers. They have a documentary called On the Record to debut on HBO Max. What? I thought he... Heavy. I thought... Okay. All right. So, (laughs) I thought the shit was dropped, but Mm. yes, they ain't playing games. Everybody want to get documentary. So, here we go. Yeah. It could be both, too. Mm. It could be both. Like, the charges are dropped, but they're putting out the documentary, so... 
Um, yeah, you could. Yeah, got it. Okay, it let's, let's get into this. Mm-hmm. So HBO Max, which is going to be HBO's streaming service, mm-hmm. acquired the rights to this documentary about his accusers. Mm-hmm. Um, it premiered at Sundance last week. Originally, Oprah Winfrey was going to executive produce the film mm-hmm. and release it as a part of her deal with Apple TV Plus. Um, but she pulled out earlier this year after believing the doc was not ready to premiere at Sundance. Mm. Okay, this lady loved to, um, she loves the documentary mm-hmm. about our black men. Mm-hmm. Still waiting for the Harvey Weinstein one, Oprah, since you're in the mood. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there was there was a Harvey Weinstein documentary. I, I believe she should have did it. Yeah. Since she's so quick to do the ones about the black men, but I digress. Let me Ooh. not get on that topic. Mm. So, um... The fierce determination of Drew Dixon and all the women who bravely chose to share their stories mm-hmm. in On the Record, which is the name of the doc, mm-hmm. moved us profoundly, says Sarah Aubrey, who's the head of original content at HBO Max. Um, yeah, she's basically saying how she has been impressed with the work of the people who produced it, mm-hmm. and she is um, happy to bring this to light. Mm. Um, yeah, so then a whole bunch of quotes from Peoples, mm. and... Uh, yeah, so they're going to be guests moving forward with this doc about Russell Simmons. I guess it's not about him, but more so about his accusers. Okay. And uh, their stories. Okay. I mean, I deserve, I think everyone deserves the right to be heard, so. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. All right. So moving on. Who Killed Malcolm X? Ooh. Yes. Docu-series set to air on Netflix. Y'all know I love Let's me some motherfucking Malcolm X. Okay. Come on. Like, that is my guy. That is my guy. So, Mm. in honor of Black History Month, also happy Black History Month, y'all. Oh, my gosh. The shortest month. (laughs) Mm. But, hey, Black History is all year round. All year round. But still, let's celebrate all Mm. month. Um, Yeah, Netflix is premiering a new series centering around the assassination of our dear brother Malcolm Mm. X. Um, It originally aired on Fusion before landing on um, Netflix. Mm -hmm. Abdul Rahman Muhammad investigates the assassination of civil rights icon Malcolm X. Has there not been a docuseries about his assassination yet? I guess not. uh, Maybe not about finding his killer, if you will. But I'm not sure. Which they haven't found, right? Yeah. They never found. They never found MLKs either? Never found. No, I think they did. They did? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. That's Mm -hmm. interesting that they never found Malcolm X's. Mm, Mm. That's another topic. Ooh, God, I can go on all day about these topics. I mean, the docuseries might get into it. And you know I'm watching. I'm tuning the fuck in. So we'll inquire about the (laughs) lack of police. Ooh, so they get into it. Okay, Mm -hmm. this is exciting. The series will inquire about the lack of police presence on the day of Malcolm's murder Mm. when the NYPD has sufficient evidence... That the civil rights icon was a target of death threats. Ooh. The reason why two of the three men tried for the crime were sentenced to life sentences based solely on inconsistent eyewitness testimony and no physical evidence and why key witnesses were never called to the stand. Mm. Interesting. Coincidence? I think not. I think the fuck not. Mm. Well, I can't wait to watch this shit. My God. Okay, so um, it will also feature never-before-seen interviews and archival footage. Mm. Wow. From the civil rights icon's life. Wow. In addition for the... <laughs> Sorry, I love Malcolm X, y'all. Yeah. So, in addition for the first time since being released from prison in 1985, one of the three men convicted of Malcolm's murder opens up about his story. Mm. Wow. Mm. Okay. Mm-mm. So, the series... Oh, my God. Is it out? <laughs> the series became available on Netflix on February 7th, y'all. Okay. So, fucking watch that yeah, shit. Yeah, it's I, out then. I know what I'm watching this weekend. Oof. I might have to. I need to watch that with someone during the daytime. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be, scare you. Oh, <laughs> uh, it just be getting my heartstrings. I'm like, why they yeah. do this like this? Why? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. can't wait. I'm definitely binging probably tonight. Oh, it's amazing. I'll start. All right. So, last piece of news we have is uh, we talked about I think last episode how mm-hmm. David Schwimmer mm-hmm. um, said that there should be an all black or all Asian friends mm-hmm. as if there was not living single. Honestly, and Erica. Alexander, who played Maxine on mm-hmm. Living Single, responded, mm. and now he responded. Who? Mm. Sorry, that was a lot of responding. Mm-hmm. He issued a swift response, um, saying that what did this nigga say? 
And for clarification, uh, David Schwimmer played Ross on yes, Friends. Yes, he played yep. Ross. Um, so what did he say? Mm-hmm. Oh, he he did a big ass um, fucking quote. <laughs> Should I read it? <laughs> he did an Iowa Express release. release. <laughs> Shout out to the read. Shout out to the read. I love that fucking phrase because mm-hmm. it's like the world we live in today. Honestly. Um. Okay, I'm gonna read it. Mm. Let's get into it. He said, "Hi, Erica." <laughs> Not okay. <laughs> As you know, I was asked recently in an interview for The Guardian how I felt for the thousandth time about a reboot of Friends immediately following a conversation about diversity on the show and so offered up other possibilities for a reimagining of the show today. I didn't mean to imply Living Single hadn't existed or indeed hadn't come before Friends, which I knew it had. Okay, so you knew. Please remember in an interview, quotes are often pieced together and taken out of context. And then, is he? Sir, don't. And then these quotes are repurposed in other articles by other people who are trying to be provocative. Don't, don't you dare. Don't do that. Please remember. Don't be trying to mansplain. No. No. Bitch, I know how our interview works. No. Okay. Because you made no mention of living single when you were. Wow. Coming up with this brand new concept oh we never God. even thought of before that he never existed. Explained. I hate it. I Come was on. a fan of Living Single. Okay. And was not implying Friends was the first of its kind. To my knowledge, Friends, which came out a year later, was inspired by Marta and David's own lives and circle of friends living in NY in their 20s. If it was, if it was based on Living Single, you'd have to ask them. Mm. It's entirely possible that Warner Brothers and NBC, encouraged by the success of Living Single, gave the Friends pilot a green light. Mm. I honestly don't know, but seems likely! Exclamation point. If that's the case, we are all indebted to Living Single for paving the way. But in you are. Any inv- in any event, if my quote was taken out of context, it's hardly in my control. I assure mm. you, I meant no disrespect. Hmm. That's a non-apology. Um... Okay. Yeah, that's not really... No. All he should have said was, living single paved the way for friends. Yeah. Period. Basically mansplained. (laughs) And then, um, yeah, he mansplained and then said, well, I don't know if living single inspired friends, but if that's the case, then sure. But he still didn't want to give living single its credit. Mm -hmm. Okay. All Mm -hmm. right. Well, Erica, I think, responded and said, David, thank you for this. This is very thoughtful. Um... I like to say something a bit more in depth myself, so stay tuned. But really, brother, thank you. <laughs> Take the high road, Erica. Yeah, well, well done. Because what he said was That just, was not. That was trash. <laughs> I was like, um, no. And with that, I think we can end the news because that yep. ugh, was annoying yep. and stank. Silly. Not into that at all. Silly. Ugh. All right. So we will be back. Right back. Bye. We back. And black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So for our main segment, everyone, we're going to get more informative. We're going to put on our professorial caps for you motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to talk about structure, specifically the three-act structure. Now, it's used a lot. Um, novels, plays, scripts. It's something that's been used, a tool that's been used in writing for a very long time. goes way back in history. But we're just going to break down um, the three-act structure. Now, I will not proclaim to be, you know, the know-it-all of structure and all that stuff of writing. So we're going to make sure that we have the resources in the description for you hoes so you guys Mm -hmm. can really, you know, look it up for yourselves and see what it is. But we're just going to give a general overview Mm -hmm. of some of the... um, I guess, story points that you should be hitting Mm -hmm. within the three-act structure. Mm -hmm. Again, you don't have to stay locked into this. This is one type of structure that a lot of people use. You might be advanced. You might be like, nah, I don't need no three-act. We're talking about three-acts. I have six. I have eight. I have ten. Sis, go off. Yes. Yes. If that is you, go off. But if if you're new, don't know nothing about Nan, Let's go ahead and review. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then you guys can let us know like what y'all are into and how y'all yeah. are doing it in terms of structure. But it's very important. So a lot of people like to refer to it as just the beginning, middle, and end. So it just plots out what points you should hit in the beginning, in the middle, and the end. And what why it came about was to make a satisfying story, right? Mm-hmm. So that way, 
a lot of people feel like they hit the points within a story that you're telling, whether it's The Lion King to, you know, Parasite to whatever. Usually most of these stories in script form, in, you know, book form, whatever, hit those three um, mm-hmm. acts. So let's go to it. So found this um, website super helpful. It's www.elementsofcinema.com. And we're going to have the exact link to the actual structure that it breaks down. They even have like a little, uh, what is it, illustration to show you where you see how you go from one point to the next, climax, all that stuff. But we're going to go over that. And let's do it. All right. Yes. So we're on the website, elementsofcinema.com. Found it super helpful. And they break everything down. So on here it says the three-act structure is an old principle widely adhered to in storytelling today. It can be found in plays, poetry, novels, comic books, short stories, video games, and the movies. So everywhere, just like I was saying before. All right. So through this, it's it's very quite simple. The three-act structure has been proven a valuable um, weapon in the arsenal of any screenwriter. So here's how it is. Act one is the setup. Yep. Act two, the confrontation, 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 my God, help me. (laughs) Act two is the confrontation, just Mm -hmm. so we're clear. Yep, where the stakes just keep getting higher and and higher and higher. And then we usually, and then act three is the resolution, right? Mm -hmm. It has to come to some sort of an end. So setup, confrontation, and resolution. Act one, beginning. Act two, middle, Act three, end. Okay? Yep. So we're going to scroll down here. So specifically in act one, they consider this the setup. All right? So in act one, it's where you find all the major characters. They're introduced. And the world is built out where we're lived in. And the conflict that will that will move the story forward. Right? So yep. in act one, the writer is usually has a lot of freedom to create the setting, the reality, understanding the characters, who we're going to see throughout the whole story, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, there is a plot point that uh, most uh, writers use in act one, and it's called a hook. Now, this is the thing that grabs your attention in the first scene. And I'm going to use another website and another story. We're going to use The Lion King. Um, there's another website that helps to even analyze the structure of movies. Um, so with Act 1, you need a hook and an, an inciting incident. So the hook is the thing that grabs you. Oh, we want to see what's about to happen. So it's like the cold open for like TV shows. Exactly. Or... Uh, exactly and also according to this website a part of the hook is the inciting incident that takes place somewhere in the beginning of act one Mm -hmm. this inciting incident often provokes a change in the protagonist's routine something new they experience that could either challenge or encourage them okay so now we're going to go to um what the website that I shared earlier, it's the novelsmithy.com, and they have an example. They break down the movie structure, and I chose The Lion King from 1994, the original, yes. because it does a great job of that. And a lot of us have seen it. If you haven't, go go ahead and see it, please. Um, and don't hit us up for spoiler alerts because this was uh, in 1994. <laughs> you can it's as sincerely, old as I am. okay. <laughs> Tale as old as time. Come on. Um, so, yes. So, according to uh, the novelsmithy.com, if you're familiar with The Lion King, the hook is where Simba the young lion is presented to the pride. And uh, if- That's exactly it. Okay. And let me tell you, when I first saw that, I was like, what the fuck is about to happen? Like, it was so... I mean, even from 94 to the original one, excuse me, to the one now with the quote-unquote live-action, mm-hmm. you know, animals that were CGI, whatever. That yeah. scene is forever remembered. So Chimblet. much so that, like, I think Modern Family did a whole uh, routine oh, based wow. off of that. It was funny. 
Um, wow. The um, gay couple in the family, they presented their new adopted daughter. Oh. And he came out and they, and they had a little baby up in the air. It was so cute. Oh, but yeah, that horrible. is the hook. Like, that is something we are like, whoa, what's about to happen? Mm-hmm. We're introduced to the world. Even in that scene, we're introduced to the characters. We're introduced to baby Simba. We're introduced to Mufasa. Um, his Rafiki. M- yes, everybody. <laughs> That's the thing, right? Yes, almost everybody. We didn't get Timon and Pumbaa. But that mm-hmm. comes later. We'll talk about that in the second act. So the the hook is the thing that catches us in and hooks us into the story. Now, the inciting mm-hmm. incident of this event, it can be the same or different. The inciting incident of The Lion King, according to the novel Smithy.com, is Simba and his friend Nala, like they get away from Rafiki and basically they end up in the um, graveyard with Scar and the hyenas. And the hyenas are trying to kill them, but Mufasa saves them. Right. Mm -hmm. So something has changed in um, Simba's life. Right. He's being attacked. He's so young. He's away from the pride. But then his father comes in and he tries to basically get him out of the way. Right. He tries to save him. Right. So another um, portion that should be in um, the plot of Act One is the first plot point. Right. And that's the thing that kind of pushes the movie forward into what we're really going to see the journey of. Mm -hmm. So according to this website, first plot point is where Scar uh, convinces Simba, basically, that he's responsible for his father's death and drives him away from the pride. So this Mm. was when Mufasa dies. It was real dramatic. I think I shed a tear for real. But, (laughs) like, he dies, and then Scar comes along. He lets, even though Scar set the whole thing up, he lets Simba know. Like, this is your fault. And, of course, he's an impressionable young young cub. He runs oh, away, baby. right? He mm-hmm. runs away, and he meets up with new friends, and he starts sort of a new life in another mm-hmm. place. And from there, that's the end of Act 1. Yes. So we see that plot. We see, okay, something else is about to happen. He, something new is about to happen. A new storyline is coming through. Okay? okay? So in Act 1, we have the hook which is what we need to grab our attention to have the viewers want to stay and watch. We have the inciting incident, which is where the protagonist, something changed for the protagonist, and um, he has to sort of overcome in that. He or she has to overcome. Let me be real. And then you have the plot point, something that's going to push forward to keep your, 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 your movie, show, whatever, going forward out of Act 1. Okay. Bet. Okay. So now we're going to go back... Now, we're headed into Act 2, which is the confrontation, okay? So, according to the website, elementsofcinema.com, the second act is by far the longest and encompassing half of the movie and taking place between the first and third acts. Duh. Uh, For screenwriters, Act 2 can be the hardest to squeeze out. This happens because after the initial boost of the new story, the writer is left without a plot with plot elements to introduce. The story, its characters, and the conflict are all established. So again, Mm. Act 1, you establish everything. However, in Act 2, there's a device that you can use to continue to move the story forward, and we call it the subplot. So Mm -hmm. the subplot is a minor story layered under the main narrative, and it often adds to, like, a third dimension of the story so that you can move forward. A lot of people use um, foreshadowing to even show, like, where um, basically, like, what is kind of to be expected moving forward. Yes. Um, according to this, um, they said in The Lion King, after Mufasa dies, Simba runs away. Timba, excuse me, Timba, Timon and Pumbaa <laughs> save him uh, from the desert and Simba has to live um, in the jungle and eat bugs and everything. So now we have a subplot. Mm. Now he has a new family that he's creating and he's away from the pride. And now we have a subplot of his new life with his new friends. He can't eat, you know, meat that he's supposed to. Now they're teaching Mm -hmm. him to eat bugs and foolishness like that. Slimy yet satisfying. Yep. And, like, you have a new story of, like, oh, a new family is arising. New characters are are shown. And we move forward with that. Okay. So then also in the second act, the stakes have to escalate. You Mm -hmm, have to have a mm -hmm, midpoint, mm -hmm. okay? And this, um, let's see, according to this, when something has happened by the midpoint of the script to make his goal clear. So this is where you have to, it has to be clear what his goal is, right? Okay. So, yes. So now I am, oh, wait. 
Oh, and yes. So according to this website, before we move forward, a pivotal, uh, a pivotal, a pivotal, is it pivotal? Right? Am I saying it right? God help me. (laughs) Can I speak today? Okay, so a pivotal element of this escalation inherent to Act 2 is plot point 2, which uh, catapults the story into Act 3. So you have to have something, again, another thing to push it from one act to the next. You can't just, you know, willy-nilly all over the place. You have to have something push it forward. Something needs to happen. So now we're going back to NovelSmithy.com, so that we stay on it. So um, with Act 2, the midpoint, Rafiki finds Simba and tries to soothe Simba's guilt over his father's death. Rafiki helps bring Simba to the ghost of his father that tells him, remember who you are. (laughs) Pushing Simba (laughs) to do as Nala says and retake the throne, Simba agrees to do so and sets, sets out with Uh, Timon and Pumbaa and Nala. So that's the midpoint, Mm. right? He's already comfortable. He's already here. And then he has to confront who he is, right? And he has to do that because Nala comes back. Mm -hmm. There's danger in the pride. Scars run amok. He's Mm -hmm. cuckoo bananas. We need your ass to come back because you're the rightful king. Right. Yes. In order to do that, he com- he's confronted by Rafiki, who, you know, is kind of playing this wise character who not only baptized him before, but has come back to remind him of who he is and his heritage and his lineage and where he truly needs to be and to confront that sort of guilt that Scar has given him. But something had to happen. Mm-hmm. That point had to happen or he would not have left the comfort of his home. So the point of the matter is you need a midpoint to push the story forward. Okay. So. There it is. Um, yep. So now we're going to go into Act 3. We're going to go back. So Act 3, as we said, is the resolution. So according to elementsofcinema.com, the last act, Act 3, presents the final confrontation of the movie. And this act is usually the shortest in length because quickly after the second turning point of the script, the main character is face-to-face with the villain or just about. So showdown ensues and then mm-hmm. the conclusion, right? Yeah. Um, trying to think. Uh, yes, and the third act is also when the writer ties up any loose ends, offers a resolution to the subplots and everything as that. So we hit the climax and then we have to tie up everything that we started. That's why yeah. it's kind of short. But everything has been leading up to this point. So if we go back to the structure... Yes. So, Act 3, the climax here is noted that uh, Scar tries to kill Simba, but before doing so, he whispers to him that he, he actually, uh, excuse me, Scar reveals to Simba that he's the one that killed uh, Mufasa, not Simba. So, in range, Simba turns it around, and then he raises the pride to battle, and he beats Scar. Um, And, um, of course, that's the scene when, basically, Scar, I think, falls and, like, the, he's surrounded by all the hyenas that he, like, talked shit about earlier to mm. um, to um, Simba. And then, of course, this is when the tables turn. Just when uh, Mufasa, just when, like, Scar w- whispered into Simba's ear is the point where he whispered, like, you know, now it's time for you to go get, go back or whatever the, the thing is. So he basically flipped it on him and the hyenas had their way with Scar. They, sure the they didn't did. show all of it, but, you know, that nigga did. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's, 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 he he's gone. gone. He gone, gone. R.I.P. He gone, gone. Um, so, the resolution here, as stated, that Simba retakes the throne and the pride lands undergo a miraculous recovery. Miraculous. With, with the film uh, closing in on Rafiki presenting Simba and Nala's club. Was club cub? Goddamn, maybe you know whatever. Maybe they be at the club. Club, club. But you know, Simba Nala's cub to the animals of the Pride Lands, mirroring the opening scene. So everything's Ah, exactly. Once again, we're showing the um, new baby cub. Uh, Simba is returned back to the Pride. Yes. Timon and Pumbaa are back. So even that story life, they have a new life in the Pride. Everything Mm -hmm. is restored, and you kind of. You know, close that ribbon up. Okay. So, yes, those, in a nutshell, 
is the three-act structure. We have the example of The Lion King. We gave the link to uh, the novel smithy.com. There are several other websites that sh- help to like break down structure. And mm-hmm. then it's helpful, especially if it's uh, movies that you know, that they break it down so you can see, okay, these are the plot points. And a lot of times yes. as a writer, we're trying to reteach ourselves that structure. Because, you know, mm-hmm. when we're watching it, we're like, oh, this is a great story and we don't break it down and understand yes. why. Well, here are the reasons why. And this is why a lot of people, because a lot of us have been trained kind of on this uh, structure, mm-hmm. that's the most satisfying of, you know what I mean? It really yes. is satisfying to be like, oh, okay, these points are, are hit at these moments. Now, of course, there's movies out there that, you know, buck against the system. I'm sure they've mm-hmm. gotten all the awards or maybe they're awful. Who knows? Still successful. Who I don't know. Knows? Why not? But this is just one structure to help you, especially if you're a new writer trying to figure out, okay, I have a story to tell, but I need to put it in an outline that makes sense and then go from there. Again, just exactly. like we've said before, writing is rewriting, right? So you can switch it is outlining your, too. It is outlining, it is re-outlining, it's changing things, it's developing your characters. There's so yes. many steps within this mm-hmm. that it's not to discourage you, but it's to like really put it in context that it's a lot of work, but yes. You're constantly developing and changing and growing and and learning and redoing. So don't be discouraged by structure. Just, you know, continue to, like, really teach yourself. I know a lot of people are, like I did, invested, you did too, in classes, Mm -hmm. in different time. And, uh, like, I went back to school. You were back to school in classes. Like, you don't have to go for a full degree. You could just take classes, you know, at your local community college or wherever is giving, like, Mm -hmm. whoever. So... Or if you're a self-taught kind of a person, there are resources here. Yes, refer read, to our resources episode. Yes, read the books, read the the websites, all the things, and do it do it yourself, and you can really like get comfortable in that space, so that you can you can tell any story you want, honestly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So analyze. Yeah, the best way I think to learn structures, obviously, to teach yourself, mm-hmm. like by reading and resources, mm-hmm. but also mm-hmm. just watching and analyzing. Yes, like you just said. Watch a movie, analyze it. Don't watch it for entertainment. Watch it for analysis. That's right. Break it down yourself. Mm -hmm. If you have to stop, pause that shit, pause that shit. And then write it down. Mm -hmm. Because it's it's proven that when we write shit, we um, internalize it better. So do that. Do what you need to do. Learn structure. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And like Judith said, this is a very like, this is like the the most like universal Mm -hmm. um, act structure for most scripts, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is like mostly for film Mm -hmm. for TV. It is like a little different for our TV gals. Mm -hmm. So just y'all want to point that out. I'm letting y'all know. Yes, we know. We understand that it's different for TV. I mean, for sitcoms, it's usually the same three. You got three, you got your act breaks, Mm -hmm. but then for one hour dramas, it's It's usually like six. six. Yep. So that shit is hard. Yep. (laughs) Woo! That shit. I shout out to y'all drama writers. Okay, that six act structure is a bitch. Yes. So uh, I would say get three act structure down, and then if you want to get snazzy, (laughs) then uh, go ahead and start learning the six act structure for your one hour dramas. But yeah, uh, yeah, this is pretty much the 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 foundation Mm -hmm. for most of the shit that you watch these days. The next time you're watching and uh, you want to learn about structure. Mm-hmm. Don't just watch it for entertainment. Why don't you break mm-hmm. that shit down? Yeah. Put your axe in there. Tell me what the, the um, um what's the shit called? The midpoint is. Yep. Tell me where the act breaks are. Mm-hmm. If y'all know what those are, those mm-hmm. are like technically right before you go to a commercial or right. whatever. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And if you look at some of your favorite shows or movies, like you can see like, oh, okay, that's the hook. That's the inciting incident. I know for me, one of my favorite um hooks was when I was watching Pose and they were stealing these beautiful, mm. elaborate. And if you haven't seen Pose, see that was it. the pilot, right? Yes, that mm. was the pilot. That was like one of my favorite hooks because you just see all of these women taking these, like in the eighties, taking these like amazing like um, clothes from a museum. It's like Victorian style, mm. and they all run. They escape the. They escape narrowly escape the cops. The cops do catch up with them, but they're at the ball, and you see them strutting in these like 
antique, beautiful ass Victorian. Wow. Like, and of course they win the motherfucking category. Because, category. Ew. Okay. I was like, and I was like, okay, I'm watching the rest of this whole fucking series. Yeah, that was a great just teaser. Just based off of, because it was just such an adventure. I was like, what is happening here? Yeah. Oh, but y'all, oh, y'all. Okay. So y'all doing it. Okay. okay. I'm I'm in. <laughs> you know? I'm I'm here for the ride. You know? Okay. So yeah, like you can watch some of your favorite stuff and like see which of the elements kind of stand out to you that you can and like try yes. and incorporate it with your own stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we are all about that structure life. Yeah. Thank you, Judith. That was really great. Thank you. <laughs> really informative, very well researched, Thanks. very well just put together. Thanks. So yeah. shout out to Judith for that amazing masterclass <laughs> on structure, y'all. Okay. Get your structure together yeah. and let's write some shit. Let's yeah. make some shit, y'all. Yeah. And with that, we will be back. Back. All right, y'all. So we are back for our last segment of this show. Niggas that you should know that rhymed. Okay. So <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll start with the beautiful Ryan Destiny. I mean, gorgeous. Beautiful, beautiful gal. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys don't know who she is, she is a actress, singer, songwriter. And you guys probably know her because she first rose to fame um, because she was, oh, a member of the girl group Love Dollhouse. Mm-hmm. And then from I found out about her from Star, mm-hmm. which I did not watch, but it was pretty popular. Oh, yeah. I um, watched it. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. pretty popular. So that's how I knew about um, Miss yeah. Ryan Destiny. She was the dark-skinned one in that group. Yes. Gorgeous. Yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, she was in a girl group. She starred in um, this independent movie called A Girl Like Grace, which I see on Netflix all the time. Okay. Not Netflix, Amazon. Amazon? Okay, it's on okay, Amazon okay, if you guys want to watch that. out. That was the beginning of her career. Mm. Garcelle, oh, I never know how to say her last name. Bouvas? Oh, Jamie yeah. Fox show. I see. <laughs> <laughs> and Raven Simone were in that movie as nice. well. And then she booked. Oh, so she was on. Um, so she booked a role, the role of Tiana on Empire. Okay. But then she turned that down, obviously, oh. because they picked the other girl. Oh, yeah, that's right. Tiana. That's right. That's crazy. I didn't that know is. that. Okay, okay girl. Sis. She said I could not. Or she could not accept the role. Okay. Okay. So then, uh, yeah, she went on to Star, which um, ended last year. I believe Mm -hmm. it was canceled. Mm -hmm. Um, Sad, sad stuff. Mm -hmm. And then uh, she's been, she's been in this shit. Like, I've been seeing her face everywhere, okay? Like, Mm -hmm. she has been in Grownish. She has a recording role on that. Mm -hmm. Um, She was in a Big Sean video. She just, I have a Shadow and Act uh, article about mm-hmm. something she just booked because my sister's been booked and busy. I mean. Let's go ahead and pull this up. I believe it's a Barry Jenkins project. Collect your checks. Which is, wow. Come on, Oscar <laughs> winning director. Bar- you better work with them. <laughs> Woo. Anything Barry Jenkins, you want to hop on that bitch. So, um, all right. So, I might as well just read the whole article. So, Ice Cube is the first star to join Ryan Destiny in Flint Strong, which is a... Clarissa T-Rex Shields biopic. Hmm. Okay. Um, written by Barry Jenkins and Rachel Morrison. Mm-hmm. Um, in her feature debut, Ice Cube will play the boxing trainer of uh, Shields, who Ryan Destiny is playing. Oh! oh! Girl! I, I, we both had yes! the Yes! She's going like, to go off on that. She's going to slide She's gonna on go off. that. Yeah. Yeah. This is crazy and it's an amazing story about this young lady who's a she's a boxer who came out of flint am i correct or no yes let me see yep um yes 21 shields is was a world champion boxer took home the olympic gold medal for the united states in 2012 the year that women's boxing was first considered for the olympics she was the youngest of all the competitors and she went on to win um another gold medal for the u.s in 2016 come on Corey. two niggas you should know come on wow well, so yeah, yeah two. <laughs> two one to one. Look at that. Killing two birds with one stone. Come on. So, yeah, shout out to Ryan Destiny. She's going to kill that role. Yeah, that's going to be great. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Wow, when does this come out? I want to see. Um, Doesn't have a date yet, okay. but bitch, I'm looking out for that shit. Okay. I'm, I'm watching. Um, Yeah, regardless, I'm watching because I love Ryan Destiny. You got Destiny. the nerve, Barry Jenkins? Wow. Come on. I mean, you got the nerve to have him to write it? I mean, mm. come on. All right. Wow, shout out to my Florida State alum, by the way. Eh, nose for life. <laughs> um, 
But uh, yeah, so shout out to Miss Ryan Destiny. You're going to be seeing her face. You already see her face a lot, I'm sure. And you will be seeing it a lot more because mm-hmm. she's about to take off from this film. I mean, the fact that she is the lead mm-hmm. in a Barry Jenkins project mm. is, girl, amazing. It's only up from here for sis. So that's amazing. Shout out to her. Yeah. And shout out to Clarissa T Rex Shields. Yes. Oh, her. All that's right. Amazing. That's All right. my niggas that you should know. Okay. Plural. All right, so uh, yeah, the nigga that I'm presenting, you should know, her name is Arada Blank, and she is not only a proud native New Yorker, performer, and a writer of TV and stage, but one of her films called The 40-Year-Old Version, not Virgin, but Version, um, got um, picked up at Sundance, Cool, I believe by Netflix. Wow. So I'm going to go ahead um, off IMBD, read her um, bio. But yeah, her plays include Happy Flower Nail, uh, Casket Sharp, uh, uh, Nanny Land, and the critically acclaimed Seed, which the Huffington Post called Fresh, Lively, and Poetic. Mm. She is a Helen Mirren Playwright Award recipient, an NEA, for those of you who don't know, National Endowment for the Arts, New Play Development Award recipient for her play Seed, and a NYFA Fellow. So, uh, Rada's TV writing work includes The Get Down from Netflix, which yes. I motherfucking loved. Love she also wrote on Empire. See the connection over there? Wow. Um, and she's got to have it on Netflix, where she's worked as a producer and writer for two seasons. Um, she co-wrote the screen adaptation of Walter Dean Meyer's best-selling novel, Monster. Uh, Rada was a fellow of both the 2017 Sundance Directors and Writers Labs with her original play, the 40-year-old version, which won the tw- the 2017 um, Adrian Shelley Women's Filmmaker Award and the 2018 Maryland Film Festival Producers Club Award. So you got to keep shopping this stuff around. Wow. Sometimes they don't give you your flowers. You go somewhere else. Like, exactly. oh, just in case you forgot other festival. Just in case you forgot other festival. You got mm. you to gotta, you gotta rack them up. Somebody going to bite that shit. You can't forget. Okay? So, yeah. So, um... Yeah, she will, this year, Rada will write, direct, and star in her first feature, The 40-Year-Old Version. Dope. Um, basically, she goes back to, uh, starts a new life as a rapper at 40 years old. I'm. Wow. I can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> like, that sounds so good. Sounds and I lit. bet you bars had to be spit. That's wow. Just, like, honestly, absolutely. Flames. Flames. For, for that ass. And at Sundance on you bitches. So, <laughs> It got more? picked up on you hoes. Okay, Netflix. That Netflix money is, is that check wow. is big. They got money to spend, y'all. So y'all okay. better get y'all shit out there. Get it they ready to buy. Them pocketbooks are open. Content, content, Checks content. are being written. Okay. So get your, your monties. Okay, right after okay. we get our checks. Okay, <laughs> so, yes. So with that, uh, that nigga you should know, Rada Blank. Again, she is a writer, performer, TV writer, not only for TV, but stage and play and film. She's clearly been in the game, won awards. She's not playing with you hoes. Catch her stuff on Netflix, the 40-year-old version. Version. Mm-hmm. I'm checking it out. Mm-hmm. We are also checking out Ryan Destiny's yes. um, biopic coming out whenever we get the information. And we'll let y'all know. Okay. But yeah, that is the end of the episode. Thank y'all for rocking with us yes. again. Yes. Hope that you guys enjoy and learn a little something, something okay. from our show and especially from this episode and previous episodes. We will mm-hmm. put all the links to anything that we talked about yep. in the description. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's right. Y'all have a blessed and highly favored day. All right. Happy okay. Black History Month for you all. Yes, yes. Happy Black History Month. We celebrate Continue. You're around here. Yes. <laughs> I, I sure the fuck do. I don't mm. know fuck about y'all. Okay. But every month, okay. Black History Month for me. Okay. All right. And with that, I'm going to go because I'm cutting up. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>